Hey Hope family, welcome to a new week of Hope Dailies and another chance to allow the Spirit to speak to us and prepare our hearts and minds for the work that He has before us. Paul says in Ephesians 2.10 that we are God's handiwork, created to do the good works that He has set before us. And that can be both exciting and daunting. When we become convicted of that truth, it can often make us impatient. We want to get to doing the good works that God has for us. We often think these are big grand shows of God's greatness and goodness, and certainly that can be true, but often the good works God has called us to are small, behind-the-scenes acts of faithfulness, but they have an outsized impact in the kingdom of God. Either way, we want to do it. We want to be out doing the good work, and impatience can grow. Patience, they say, is a virtue. And I think this is obviously true. It is one of the fruit of the Spirit. But I think our impatience can at times be a sign of virtues as well. We want to be doing God's will and work, and preparation can feel like we're wasting time. But as I read Matthew 3 to 4, the ideas of patience and preparing kept coming to mind. At the start of chapter 3, we are introduced to John the Baptist. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. In Matthew's account, this is our introduction to John the Baptist. But Luke gives more of a backstory. His mother, Elizabeth, has a story like so many great women of the Bible. Like Sarah and Hannah, she was barren and unable to conceive. An angel of the Lord appeared to her husband, Zechariah, and told him that his wife would become pregnant. Zechariah had questions about how this would be given their age, and he was stricken mute because of this. Elizabeth did indeed become pregnant and gave thanks to God. The angel had told them that their son would be a joy and delight, that he would be great in the sight of the Lord, and that he would be full of the Holy Spirit from birth, and many other great things. It's this baby, still in the womb, who recognizes the greatness of Jesus when Mary visits. What must it have been like for John to grow up hearing these stories? A son of a priest, he, as much as, or more than, any other of the Jewish boys would have been steeped in Jewish scriptures. He knew he was destined for great things. Did he, in his childlike exuberance, try to wield this power and knowledge and overstep his bounds? Did he think his time was coming sooner than it actually was? Or did he, empowered by the Spirit, exude great patience in waiting for this time? We obviously don't know. I'd imagine there was a little bit of both, and any patience that he was able to show came through hard work. What we do know is that he eventually finds himself identifying as the figure that Isaiah talked about. And so John the Baptist embodies this figure and goes out into the wilderness to prepare the way for the one who will come after him. One day, while he's out there stirring up trouble and leading people to repentance, we read, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. So John consented. Here in Matthew, John seems to recognize who Jesus is. And not simply, hey, aren't you my cousin? But more deeply, he says, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me? John has spent his life preparing to prepare. He had been set apart in order that he would help to usher in the time where Jesus would come and step into his role as Messiah. 
In other accounts, John recognizes Jesus as the lamb who will take away the sins of the world. And at the thought of baptizing Jesus, he says, I must decrease and you must increase. John knew his place. He was prepared for it. His patience had paid off. At the same time, we have Jesus. We're familiar with Jesus' birth story, having just celebrated Christmas. He too grew up hearing the stories, angels visiting both mom and dad, explanations about how Joseph was his dad, but not quite like other dads, memories of Mary's song that she would sing over her baby boy about throwing out the rich and rescuing the poor, feeling the weight of the expectations of a people who had been waiting for a Messiah for millennia. How did Jesus handle all these expectations? Throughout the Gospels, we continually see him telling his mother, disciples, or others that his time had not yet come. Then, toward the end of his earthly ministry, he knows that his time has come. How did Jesus operate with such patience when he had such important work to be done? Even in his baptism, Jesus is preparing himself and us for his death. By entering into a water baptism of repentance, Jesus is taking the place of all humanity. Jesus bears on himself the sins of the world and washes them clean in the Jordan, walking out washed anew. In his baptism, Jesus took his identity with humanity, and now in our baptism, we take our identity with the risen Jesus. While this baptism is a bit of a coming out party for Jesus, we see that the preparation wasn't quite done because in chapter 4 we read, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The word tempted can be rendered tested. For many students, the test is the point, right? They just want to get their good grade and move on. But in reality, tests are themselves a form of preparation. In the context of schooling, you have the bar exam or a teacher's praxis. There is a weight applied to the test itself, but it's really making sure that you are prepared for the real thing. Here, Jesus, who is going to be faced with pressures from everyone as his ministry becomes more and more public, is first going to be tested by the devil. Of course, Jesus passes with flying colors, but that's not to say that it was easy. Jesus had been in the wilderness without food for 40 days. Once Jesus begins his mission, there are many, several of his closest disciples among them, who expect that all this preparation was for a violent revolution. But instead, Jesus continues to descend into the depths of humanity, healing the lepers, forgiving the sinners, associating with the least of these. John and Jesus show us the importance of patience and the importance of preparation. If we do not patiently prepare ourselves for the good works that God has laid out for us, we can hastily rush into what we believe that good work is, creating a kingdom in our own image. We must follow their example. We must show patience. We must be willing to go through preparation for periods of time throughout our lives, but also daily allowing the Spirit to prepare us for the day ahead. The work is exciting and impactful, but perhaps not in the ways our earthly minds would expect. We, being followers of Jesus, must follow Jesus. We must follow the pattern that He sets up and that God has always been doing. God is always doing the work of descending. God descends to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He descends onto Mount Sinai to speak to Israel through Moses. He descends by cloud, by day, and fire, by night. He descends from his heavenly throne into human flesh. He descends from king to baby. As a man, he is our Messiah, and he descends into the waters in his baptism. He descends the ranks of Messiah down to lowly servant to wash our feet and to save and serve the lost. 
After he descends into the grave, he begins to rise into new life. And then he commissions his followers to start descending. Their time with him has been preparation to lower themselves and take on the form of a servant. This is our call as well. This is the good work that God has for us, for us to take on the form of a servant. This isn't what we would initially think it looks like to rule with God. When we read in scripture that we are sons and daughters of God, that we are heirs with Jesus, all that is his is ours, we may, in our childlike exuberance, want to use that power and privilege for ourselves. But we must follow the example of John the Baptist, who prepared his heart and mind so that when he saw Jesus, he knew his proper place and was able to point people to him. We must follow the example of Jesus himself, who did not lord his power over people, but instead laid his life down for them. The good works that God has for us can only be done after patient preparation. Let us get about that work of preparation. Spirit, prepare us to follow the way of our master, Jesus. Help us to see what he showed us, that the way up is down. Help us to descend the depths so that we may find all of your lost sheep. Help us not to see our status as heirs with Christ as a privilege to be used for our benefit, but may we use our status to bring others into the fold of the Good Shepherd. May we be willing to lay our lives down as he did for us.